Hey there, it's Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, host of the Pat Miller Show. This show is for small business owners so they can make their business dreams come true. Our slogan is Don't Grow It Alone. And what you're going to hear is a broadcast of our show that's carried in 25 cities around the country. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Hope you love it. All right, let's go. Oh, great. You're here. Hi, how are you? Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. Welcome to the relaunched Pat Miller Show. If you were kind enough to listen to a previous episode, we've kind of made some changes. And I've been thinking really deeply about what I want out of the show and how I can best serve you by helping other people. Follow me. So on this new and improved show, there are a couple of upgrades. First of all, I bring in someone who's super smart to be a co-host. Lisa Rabel from Rebel Girl Marketing is going to co-create with me today. And on this particular show, we talk to three entrepreneurs. Two of them have questions about their email list. One of them wants to talk about how to better define their podcast audience. So we have those conversations to look forward to. I've also included, I don't know what you want to call them, but little check-ins inside my head. Because one of the things that I would love to share with you is, what is he trying to get at? So I've included little episode segments So as you listen, listen for me to pop in and tell you what I was thinking and why I asked that question. And I'm doing that because it may help you ask better questions in the future and kind of understand what the hell I was trying to get across when I asked that question. Because everything I ask usually has a reason. So I'm punching into this episode in a couple of different places to give you an update of what am I trying to get after and why, and I think it will help you maybe get more out of listening to the episode. So it's a fun little upgrade. Uh, Let me know in the feedback uh, what you think of it, but I think it could be cool. The other thing that I'm adding, in addition to the co-host and the punch-in, is at the end of the episode... I'm going to do a short one-on-one interview with each of the callers so we can just get to know them a little bit better. So as you listen to uh, Pat and Beth and LZ, our callers today, if you listen through to the end of the episode, you can hear me talk to them one-on-one to learn more about their business. So we're trying to honor the folks that call in and give them some room to publicize their business and grow Lisa and I are trying to be creative to help them come up with a new idea so they can grow their business. And I'm trying to double down on the concept of how are we doing what we're doing so maybe the show is a little more engaging and you might enjoy it. Ultimately, this is a project under construction. We couldn't have this free space to collaborate and grow if it wasn't for Bank 59, Quick Trip, and the Idea Collective Small Business Incubator. So thank you for tuning in. All right, let's get started. Broadcasting from the small business capital of America, this is WIIFM Milwaukee, an idea coach station. You're on the small business journey, and sometimes you need a dose of creativity and a helping hand. And that's why we're here. Welcome to the Pat Miller Show, where we build big ideas live without a net so you can turn your small business dreams into reality. You share what you're building, and we'll rally to make it bigger, better, faster, more. And it's not just what will be, we also want to hear your wins. So we're all reminded that small business success is here for every single entrepreneur that gets clear, works hard, and doesn't quit. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. 
If you want to be a part of the show, you can do that by reserving your time at patmillershow.com. You can also hear our previous shows there. We'll welcome in Lisa Rabel, our co-host, in a minute, and we'll get to our callers. But first, I want to remind you that size matters. Oh, yeah, size matters. It doesn't matter as much as how you use it, though. Okay, you sickos, I'm not talking about that. I want to talk about email lists for just a moment. Email lists are measured against other email lists by how big they are. But I don't believe that that is the true variable and the true value that's inside your email list. Because if you're like me, you wish it was bigger. (laughs) Just saying. Wouldn't it be great if your email list was 2,000, 5,000, 10,000 deep? That would be great because you'd reach more people and there's nothing wrong with having a bigger email list. However, do not forget a couple of things when it comes into your email list. One of them is how do you use your email list? If you get a list that you just spam constantly and no one really cares and they see it just as another commercial coming from you, they're not going to value it very much. And you can see that by looking at your open rates, looking at your click-through rates to see if people are engaging in what you're saying. The second thing is don't worry about unsubscribes. I love unsubscribes. My wife, Abby Miller, reminded me every time someone unsubscribes from your email list, your list gets more pure. So if you've got 100 people and 10 of them are not super fans, they're just hangers-on, then that means you've got a 90% pure list. If one of them unsubscribes, now you've got a 92% pure list. You see how that works? Every time someone unsubscribes, it's okay. Don't get down about that. But the third thing I want to talk about is who these folks are that read your email each week or each month whenever you send it. Because the people that make up your list are actual people, actual customers, people you can engage with who love what you're doing. And when you're talking about engaging with partners or sponsors or selling your own stuff, the folks that are on the list, the more you know who they are, why they're there, and what they want from you, that email list composition makes even small email lists valuable. I'll give you an example. Let's say you're a financial advisor and you've got an email list. That probably isn't the best example because they can't do anything without talking to compliance, but just go with me. You're a financial advisor, and your email list maybe is only 250 people long. Okay, that's not very big, but you know that everyone on your email list has a net worth of a couple million bucks because you know all of their money situations. So now you turn to someone like Lexus or BMW for a sponsorship inside your email club. They'd be really interested because here are 250 potential BMW buyers. Where else can you find that? Not very many other places. So when it comes to your email list, don't get down if yours isn't very big, okay? (laughs) I'm holding it together here, people. Don't worry about it. It's how you use the email list. It's how you think about the email list. Your partners will respect you if you know who's on it. They will want access to it if they have their ideal client hanging out with you. And make sure that you honor the folks on the list and you really try and write stuff that's engaging and you're keeping track of your open rates and your click-throughs. So email lists can be great. 
So don't get down and think that you're inadequate if yours, you know, isn't uh, 10,000 members. So before I say something that I regret, let's bring in our co-host to save me, Lisa Rabel from Rebel Girl Marketing. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great. How are you, Pat? I'm great. I'm so excited to start the show up again. And when we came up with the concept of having a co-host on the show, I told Susie, who helps us make things happen, get Lisa for this first episode, because I know that you're good at coming up with great ideas, and I love collaborating with you. How's the summer so far? Uh, good. Uh, you know, been on the paddleboard finally with the nice weather and everything, and I actually have landscaping this year. It's It's been good. You know, working on the tan, trying to get as much sun as possible before we you know, get into regular Wisconsin weather. You're doing something else too, like you're writing. So <laughs> what is this? Oh, yeah, you're that. writing a book? <laughs> Tell us about the book. I am. I'm writing a book about helping small businesses and entrepreneurs, sole entrepreneurs, understand what the heck marketing is. Um, I use a different word in the book, but we'll use heck here today. And what does that mean? Because most business owners took a marketing class maybe in high school or college, but like, that's it. And it's changed so much, especially after those, let's just call them those last couple of years. And so what I've done is I've actually created a strategy book. So small business owners can actually take a PDF off the website and customize their marketing strategy right as they read along in the book. So I think what's missing a lot when it comes to business books is that yeah, it sounds like a great concept, but I read it and I forget it. This is putting personalizing it and getting it to your own concept and how does it apply to you and your business and your products and your market and your customers. So yeah, I'm really excited. It's supposed to launch the end of October, beginning of November. That is a lot different. Still working on the title though. We're title still in process. We'll be able to cook up a good title. That's what we do. But <laughs> Your business book sounds different than a lot of the other business books, which seems to be, I had an idea and then I said it over and over for a hundred pages so I could publish it. Like this sounds a lot deeper and more involved than that. Oh yeah. No, this is more like a, it's almost like a workbook. The, you could read the book without doing the worksheets, but if you're not going to get as much out of it in my opinion, because I've noticed what, when I read a business book, it's like I highlight it or I make a note in the margins but then I kind of forget about it. And so this each chapter is something very specific. The first the first half of the book is about strategy. So where do you want your marketing to take you? Who are you talking to? Do you even know what your product is? Um, because there's in, things you sell that's tangible and things that you sell that are intangible. And so then it's the audience, the target audience versus the client. It's about influencers. It's There's just so much in there that you need to think about that Small business owners, they, they're great at what they do. Marketing maintenance not be one of them. Well, helping people think bigger is one of your strong suits. I'm glad you're here to help us co-create today. Are you ready to help some people? Are you ready to go? Absolutely. Let's get to it. All right, let's get to it. Let's welcome in our first caller for today. I'm really excited to talk to this person. I had the pleasure to do it uh, before. So welcome back to the show, Pat Haniotis. Pat, just so everyone knows, tell us who you are, what you do, and what's on your mind today. Hi, I'm Pat Haniotis. I live in North Hollywood, California. I am a transformational coach. What does that mean, right? So what that means is, is if there's an area in your business or in your life that needs some upgrading or you feel you might be a bit stuck, what I help people do is to become the person they need to become 
in order to fulfill their mission. And that seems to be a lot of it. It's all up here in our head. It's not necessarily our talent. It's making sure that we are aware on how far we can go in our life. Yeah. And it's, and here's the thing, almost everyone that I work with, they get it here. So it's about getting what's here mm. up to here. Head versus heart, right? That's what you're saying? I mean, saying it's, head and heart. Yes. Because so many times we forget the heart or we forget that that's all part of it. One of, one of the things I, I teach my people is to make sure there's something in everything you do for you. you know, I don't know about you, but when I'm creating programs and things like that, my goal is, what's in it for them? How can I give more value? What are they going to get out of it? And at the very end, I always add one thing. Okay, now, what's, what's a piece in this for me that's going to bring me um, you know, fulfillment and deep satisfaction? Well, that's why I was listening to P-Funk and Stevie Wonder before we started the show, because I got a kick out of cranking that music before you two logged on. But I'm excited to have you here today. Uh, the show is about helping an idea that you have get bigger and better. What's on your mind today? How can we help you? I've had to kind of regroup. I've been in business for over 40 years. And with all the stuff that's happening, there was a dip, a big dip, right? And so one of the things that I really wanted to do is to collaborate more with people. What I'm and because I'm basically kind of restructuring and starting over, my my mailing list is pretty small. I mean, it's it's under it's under 300 at this point, and we're working on it. I've even been invited with some people to collaborate until they find out the size of my mailing list. And you know, people don't, or at least my experience has been, if it's under a thousand, they're not really interested. Now, I get that. I understand it because I want it to be a win-win too, right? My question for you all today is, what is something that I can offer collaborators so that it's a win-win for them too? I may not be able to give them thousands of contacts to work with. What is something that I can, I can offer them in addition to my rather small mailing list? Mailing list side is, is a qualifier, right? It's a way that someone that doesn't really know you can know yes. if you have an audience or not. So, yes. okay, maybe the mailing list isn't as big as it could be. Let's set that to the side for a minute. Okay. When do you have the ability to have the attention of other people? Do you do events? Do you have a blog? Do you do YouTube videos? When do people pay attention to you in addition to your mailing list? I do a lot on Facebook and I do a lot on LinkedIn. Yes, we do videos. We I do classes. I do webinars. Um, so there's, but it's a lot of little things like that. We've okay. got some events coming up. But I'm I'm, a, I'm high touch. High touch. <laughs> well, you're doing plenty of content, Lisa. What do you think? A lot of the times when I'm filling out those forms about collaboration, it's about like, what is your email list? I don't have an email list, to be quite honest with you, but I do have 1,500 followers between LinkedIn and Facebook. And so what's happening is that your email list, even though like Pat said, it is a, definitely a qualifier, you might be able to override that qualifier by talking about how many followers you have, talking about how many people you have on any of the social media, whether it's LinkedIn or it's um, Facebook or it's Insta, what, Instagram, whatever the case might be. Because email, even though it's still very prevalent in your marketing, it's not the only way to reach people. And so video is actually one of the higher engagement aspects of how people digest information today. 
than it is email. And so you can combat that that objection they might have about your email list with the fact that you have the followers and that you have on, on social media. I'm a real novice when it comes to this marketing thing. So I couldn't tell you how many followers I have right now, but I will know by the end of the day. So thank you. You're absolutely welcome. When you talk about the connection between how you think and what you feel and how you act, what are some of the words that you use around what you coach and what you teach people on? Okay, here's what I was thinking at this moment. When I'm working with someone and they need an idea, I like to use their own language because if I can come up with an idea that is functional, but it fits into their brand and the way that they talk about what they do, uh, they can see it faster because it's already adapted to their language. So I was trying to get some language from her here and then I'll use it later on in just a few moments. Well, I've used a couple of them, which is deep satisfaction, um, fulfillment, I use the word nucleus a lot. I want people to be in their center, in their nucleus. And so that's a word that I use a ton. I'll use a lot of descriptive words when I'm working with my clients or when I'm doing videos like, hey, you know, the people I really work well with are usually what other people consider odd ducks or people that are just a little bit off the wall. And while a lot of the stuff that I do can apply to many people, my real genius zone is working with the people that definitely march to the beat of a different drummer. Okay. So I love fulfillment. I love deep satisfaction. Those are great. With nucleus, I would just be a little bit careful because that means something different to a lot of different people. So if you do use an industry term like the nucleus, each time you say that, you would need to describe what that means. So I have a friend who's a life coach and she talks about the inside out journey. Well, I understand what that means because she's told me and she understands what that means, but that doesn't mean her audience understands what that means. So if you're going to use a word like nucleus, which is not a bad word at all, just be sure that you, your audience understands what that is because you don't want to lose anybody thinking, oh, she's too smart for me. I don't know what that is. I, I, I feel like I, she might not be the person for me. So the, the best way to do your marketing is pretend like you're at a career day in high school. High school seniors or freshmen in college, pretend like you're a career day and you're talking about what you do and how you help people. That level of marketing content is going to resonate with anybody. So when I use the word nucleus, I need to go, yeah, be in your nucleus. And that means you're really centered on you and making yeah. sure you're part of everything. So that would yeah, it be- It doesn't need to be a paragraph. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't need to be, it just needs to be that one sentence. That sentence is beautiful. Mm -hmm. One of the other strategies that I love when you're dealing with something you don't have is to create something they don't have. So if you're trying to partner with someone and they say, how big is your email list? And it's not very big. You can always build a stage. And I love building a stage because as soon as you have a stage, other people want to be on it. So a stage could come in different forms. A stage could come as a blog where you interview someone in the written word. So this month we go one-on-one -on -one with Lisa Rabel from Rebel Girl Marketing to talk about her new book. And it's a written interview like you might see in the New York Times. It could be an online Q&A with your fans and followers. So you do a Facebook Live where you take questions from your fans and followers of that person. 
But the other thing you could do is a regular feature, and I was asking about words so we could create a name, but if you created something called, just for example, and you don't have to use this, but just for example, the Heart and Mind Satisfaction Session. And this month, we're going deep with Lisa Rabel to find out how she overcame the voices in her head and followed her heart. So that way, she could build a satisfying, fulfilling business, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because as soon as someone says, how big is your email list? What they're really saying is, why the hell would I partner with you? Exactly. So you can say, I've got a developing email list, and it's developing around this show that I really love. Because what I teach is not transactional Uh, relationship building. I teach how people need to be successful like you. And I would love to learn how you found success because I would imagine you got out of your head and listened to your heart. So this is how I do it. So I would recommend that you build a stage because it is the antidote to metrics. Because if it's just metrics, if it's just likes, if it's just shares, anybody can have that. But if you're a practitioner of this belief system, create a stage and interview people and feature them on the stage. I don't care how small your podcast is. I don't care how small your YouTube channel is. Everybody loves to get, to get interviewed. And that's one of the things that I always recommend. Okay, cool. I can do that. But I used to do a weekly, um, a weekly video thing called straight talk. Yeah. I have a weekly one called points to ponder and it's just things to think about when it comes to your marketing. And again, it's like, that's my stage per se. And I get questions on that. So that's a really good thing to have because that will actually help create your followers. And the other thing is on LinkedIn and Facebook, you can ask people to be your followers. There's a way to do that on there. So you can build that even though if you don't have a ton right now, there is a strategy to build it. And you would just, I would just Google it and it would show you exactly where to, where to find that to invite people to follow your, 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 your broadcasts. The last word on building a stage is it's not just so you can feature them to your followers. It's so they can feature themselves to their followers. When someone gets an interview done, they can now say, oh, I was interviewed by Pat on her show. And it's basically a chance to say to their fans and followers, look at how smart and interesting I am because I was on somebody else's. You know what I mean? It gives them a chance to look good without them having to brag. And that's super valuable to a lot of people. But tell us about the session you used to do. You used to have a straight talk show. What was that? It was it it really wasn't a show. It was it was straight talk. Every single one of them was less than a minute. And I just, I just popped in, did some straight talk, popped out. I think the shortest one was like 16 seconds. And I said, when's the last time you looked in the mirror and said, I love you? And that was it. So it would be things like that. And people would read, you know, I'm, I'm kind of short. I'm not short and to the point, but I kind of get to the point quickly and then get out of the way and let them just stew in it. But you, what you guys are telling me, it needs to be something that's a little bit longer, right? No, it doesn't need to be. I love the straight talk. That would kill on TikTok right now. If you went on TikTok with videos that are shorter than one minute, just what's on your mind, and you're almost thinking of how will I challenge the viewer with what I believe in, uh, and you're compelling on purpose in short form, you can do that by yourself. But specifically to what we, you were asking about is how do I get people wanting to partner with me? That's where creating a stage and allowing them into what you're doing might be able to help you. So if someone wants to get in touch with you, someone's listening, they're like, okay, I'm interested. How do they start the conversation? Where do they find you? Um, the best direct way is pat at pathoneyotis.com. It's my email. Drop me a line. 
Um, I'm on Facebook as Pat Honeyotis. I'm on LinkedIn as Pat Honeyotis. So all of those are are totally great options for me. And Honeyotis isn't the most common last name in the world, but what we'll do is we'll link all of that into the show notes of this episode. So people, if you want to get in touch with Pat, we'll put it in the show notes of this episode. Pat, it's great to see you. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. You guys, thank you so much. I got a lot of clarity. Thank you, thank you. Off to a great start with Pat Haniotis. And on the way, we've got, well, really a celebrity. The mayor of Podcast Town is standing by. We'll catch up with him after this on The Pat Miller Show. Running a small business is lonely and hard. I mean, we know that, right? But did you know it doesn't have to be? Stop networking and start connecting with other entrepreneurs on the small business journey in the Idea Collective Small Business Incubator. In this exclusive worldwide community, we're sharing information, we're brainstorming together, and we're supporting each other through the highs and the lows of building your small business. Learn more about the group and get the feel of this show 24-7 in your small business. Visit ideacollectiveincubator.com. That's ideacollectiveincubator.com. Remember, it's your dream. Don't grow it alone. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show, a show built just for you, the small business owner that's working hard to build your dream. Now, the show grows when you take action, and you can do that in a few ways. The first way, and we love this, is to rate and review it on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. But iTunes, that's really the big one. We'd love to have you give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, But most of all, we want you to subscribe to the show and join our callers on their journey so we can all grow together. Let's get back to it. Lisa Rabel, you ready to go? Are we ready to welcome our next guest? I am ready. All right, cool. So Lisa's our co-host today from Rebel Girl Marketing. And on the line, like I mentioned, this is kind of a big deal because not every day does the mayor call you. Mayor Elsie Flinard of Podcast Town. Mayor Elsie, how are you, pal? I am doing fantastic. I don't know about this being a big deal, but I'm doing well. Now, come on. Now, come on. Just let me have this, okay? This is a big deal. When the <laughs> podcasting god calls into your show, this is this is a thing. So I'm really glad to have you back. Uh, if someone doesn't know all about Enterprise Now and Podcast Town, tell us what you do uh, so everyone's up to speed. Yeah, so Enterprise Now is my flagship show. It's the show that created this whole world of podcasting for me. Been at it since around 2016. Um, and so it's my baby. It's a thing that um, that I love dearly. Um, Podcast Town kind of grew out of that. It became a, a full service agency where we're helping people build their, um, build their brand through podcasting. And we come alongside them, partner with them and help them um, really build relationship, realize the return on those relationships, which a lot of times that translates into dollars. Sometimes it's just relationships that lead to opportunities. And so um, I'm a podcast entrepreneur, and that's my life, my world. That's all I do It's podcast, and and I'm loving it. Lisa and I are standing by to help you build something bigger and better. So what's going on? What are you building, and how can we help? Here's what I'm rebuilding, Pat. So as I mentioned before, Enterprise Now is my flagship show, the show that got everything started. But as you know, as you grow in business and in life, passions change, things change. And so things have changed a little bit at Enterprise now. We're refocusing. We're focusing in in a lot of ways because when I first started, it was broad intentionally. I was at my day job, hated it, wanted to escape, needed to talk to business people to learn how to get over this hump. 
And so Enterprise Now was brought on purpose. I wanted to, it didn't matter to me what industry you're in. If you had a business and a heartbeat, you could be on the show. But now we're focusing it on diverse B2B enterprises who want to maximize their brand and level up. And so we're kind of going in the opposite direction. We're really narrowing our focus, niching down and adding value to a particular uh, group of people. And so what I'm building is um, uh, value for these people to help them uh, not only uh, level their brand up, but to connect with each other and to grow their respective brands. So the first thing that comes to mind is, and and I mean this with love, what does diverse B2B enterprise business owners mean? Say that to me like they would want you to say it. What does that mean? What does it mean? It means people who um, who have been left out, people who feel unheard, people who feel like they're not getting opportunity that they deserve because they're awesome. They are, you know, executing and performing at a high level, but they're being overlooked in a lot of ways. They are me when I was in corporate. You know, I was a high achiever, high performer. I overachieved on my on my goals every year, but yet I was still passed over for for promotions. Mm -hmm. And so what we're doing is we're talking to those people. It's like, okay, whether you're um, an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur, what are the ways that you can get over that hump, right? Not not using it as a crutch or an excuse, but really saying, okay, how do I uh, recognize that this is a thing and how do I grow from it? And those are some great things you'll deliver to them. But I want you to get sharper and more focused on who they are. How would you talk to them about who they are? Because I don't think that they would identify as a diverse B2B entrepreneurial business owner. How would they say it? What would they say who they are? I love LZ and I loved this conversation, but here's what's going on. In my head, I'm wanting to take a Google Maps from seeing the whole planet to seeing one street in downtown Milwaukee. We were way too broad, and I wanted to help LZ get into a more narrow way to talk about the audience. So you'll hear in the next few minutes as I'm pushing and pushing, and I'm trying to get to what we end up getting to, which is great, but that's where the conversation is going is if you're talking from a very broad point of view, it's really tough to have people understand who you're talking to. So you'll hear this play out in the next few minutes, and it's one of the things that I literally could go off about for about a half hour if I really wanted to, but I'm not going to. So let's get back to the call, but that's what I'm trying to do is to get LZ to get really narrow with his language and his positioning. And that's why I'm on the show, because okay. I, I need help you know, honing in that message so that I'm talking to those people. Exactly the right people. Okay, so that's good. So we can work on that. How do we narrow down how you talk about who the show is for? Because you've really talked about what the transformation is. That's really helpful. Fortunately, Lisa Rabel, one of the best in the business is on the show. So Lisa, what do you think? So when I'm trying to figure out exactly how do I, or I teaching clients, how do you identify that ideal client or the target market? So let's just review real quick. Target market is where your ideal clients hang out. Pat and I've already had this conversation so it's one of those things where identifying who the ideal person is, but that, so then there's that, but then the target audience is like, where do you hang out? So one of the things that I've always taught people is pretend like you're interviewing them for a job. If you are going to ask specific questions about who that is, how would you form that into an interview question? And by forming that into an interview question, 
it helps you to narrow the focus of how do you have that conversation then how do you describe that person so one of the things that i always love to talk about is uh, the the do you like to bake or do you like to cook as an interview question and it seems like an odd interview question but a baker is very precise and analytical they like to know exactly how much to put in there they know exactly what the product is going to be when it comes out those kinds of things a cook people who like to cook are more of the the free thinking, the creatives and things like that, right? So they're the people that are going to be like, well, I kind of dash this and I dash that. I don't, you know, people say like, what's in your chili? I'm like, you know what? I have no idea. I just threw a bunch of stuff in a pot and came out to be chili. So it's like having those specific questions of knowing what you mean by diverse. I mean, obviously B2B is kind of self-explanatory, but then like what levels are they at? When you say high performer, does that mean they're already making a bunch of money? or they perform really well, but they haven't made the money yet. So like, it's, you have to like, Pat is asking is like very specifically, what, what does a really good client look like when it, or a podcast guest look like? Does that help? It does. I'm just taking notes on, on my end because this is good stuff. Well, this stuff is going to be recorded. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to just be with us for a minute and I want you to think with me because I don't want you to try and capture it all. We can go back and listen to it when we're done. As you know, as a guy that's produced a million podcasts, there are a million podcasts. So you could create a podcast for left-handed dogs in Milwaukee County, right? That's like a very targeted podcast, and every left-handed dog in Milwaukee County would know, this is the show for me. So we need to get more narrow, way more narrow, because B2B um, diverse entrepreneurs is a great start, like... Uh, Lisa was saying that's the group in which they hang out in, but how can we go a click more narrow so that way someone who you want to talk to knows instantly the show is for them? So you get a piece of fan mail a month into doing the new show or the show that's been refocused, and it says what? What does it say to you? Don't write anything down. Speak from the heart. What does that email say to you? Uh, Mr. Mayor, I listen to the show and... What? What does it say? Mm, That's a really great question. I listened to the show and, uh, for example, um, today's show, we're talking about economic empowerment for diverse enterprises. So if I were to get a letter, uh, an email a month from now, it would say something like, I listened to the show today or I watched the show today because there's a new element that we're adding. And it really opened my mindset to what economic empowerment looks like, the opportunities that that exist, and how I can implement it into my business. And as a result, I've met people that have started to move me in the right direction so that I can realize some of the um, the advantages and opportunities of the platform that you you guys discussed, because we're talking about the first minority-owned stock exchange, Mm -hmm. right? kind of a big deal, right? Game changer for a lot of people. So what it would say is that listening to the show helped them connect. It helped them, um, uh, you know, achieve results in their business and their business and their brand is better as a result. That talks about a lot of the transformational outcomes that you're looking for with the show. And because it's just the three of us talking here, I just have to say how you could narrow this down a little bit. Couldn't you just say that this show is connecting black business owners to opportunity and get down that narrow? I don't want to cut off other people that you feel might fall into uh, who you would consider 
uh, diverse entrepreneurs. But if the show can be focused a click that narrow, now you know exactly who the show is for. If you're uh, an entrepreneur and you want to get further in your business, I'm bringing people together who have felt left out, who have felt like nothing's for them, who have felt like they were uh, just a fly on the wall of other people's conversations. This is for us, by us, and we're going someplace. Do you see what I mean? Like just getting that clear about who it's for, even if there's a part of you that says, well, there are other people that are left out that I want to have along for this ride. I understand I'm just saying, how can we make it as clear as possible so someone who falls into that category goes, yes, finally a show just for me. And and I struggled with that because the nature in the heart is that I want to help more people. But I understand and hear what you're saying. If I were to say black and brown, right, that really narrows it down and you know exactly who that's for. So I, I get it. And I love that. If you're comfortable with that phrase, at least then you're now speaking. This goes back to where I was trying to guide you of how would they say who they are, because you don't want to use words that are describing vaguely who they are. Get right after it. Left-handed dogs in Waukesha County, like get super focused on who the show is for, because then when they're scrolling through Apple or someone goes through their LinkedIn feed and sees it, they'll go, whoa. That's for me. Got it. Makes sense. I think what you went through is what a lot of people go through when they start a business. You just happen to be a media entity, which is something I've focused people on a long time because that was my background. But a lot of businesses do that too. I want to be a bakery making all baked goods. No, you're a donut shop. Be a donut shop. Mm -hmm. So when we take this vision that you have of you know who you want to help and how you want to help them, but we're narrowing down the language, the focus, how does that make you feel? Because some people don't want to get into a smaller box. Some people, they feel really free when they get into a smaller box because now they can uh, be just for a certain target audience. So does it freak you out or does it actually make you feel more comfortable? Um, It doesn't freak me out just because I know that um, once we get really, really good at serving this group, then we can start another box and serve a different (laughs) group. So it actually makes me feel good because it, it narrows down my focus. Um, and allows me to really be able to, to start to develop that messaging and language to, to talk to those folks. All right. So if someone is listening to this and they would be a perfect uh, audience member for your show, how do they get it? When, when is it happening? Like, tell us about the show and especially this stock exchange episode, because this sounds really cool. Yeah, so I don't know when this episode um, is going to go live, but um, June 21st is the first episode, and we're going to be talking with uh, Joe Sakala, um all about this this minority-owned uh, stock exchange, um, and it'll be live on LinkedIn and also in replay on, in audio version in all the places you find podcasts. I want to ask one more question uh, just before I forget bringing together that target audience is one thing, but you said several times about connection. How in your show's formatting will you encourage them to connect with one another so you're not building an audience that's targeted, you're building a community that wants to talk with one another, and I know you're probably already down this road, so I think this is instructional, especially for people that are building a a narrow podcast. How are you encouraging them to talk with one another? So the way that we're building this out is uh, right now, and it's probably going to very quickly become a weekly podcast, I'm sure, um, just so so much to talk about. But right now we're we're airing every other Tuesday. And um, the off Tuesdays, what we're doing is we're having connection meetings. 
It's not networking necessarily. It's connection meetings. And on my end as the mayor, my job is to connect the right people with each other according to what they're looking for and how they can help each other. And so it's it's more, it's not like a, hey, join my group, you get out of it what you put in. It's like, no, join my group, tell me who you wanna connect with. I will go on the back end in my mental Rolodex, find the people you need to get in front of and connect you. Um, and then on Fridays, we're gonna have a get it off your chest where we're talking about things that happen in our lives and our businesses. And we're not even looking for solutions, Pat. We just want to get it off our chest because you wouldn't believe the stories that that you hear. Um, and I know if I have them, other people have them. So we're just going to talk um, and share uh, stories and, um, and again, be connected. I think that's amazing. Lisa, doesn't that sound that like fun? Cool. I want to go to the get off my chest meeting. <laughs> I already have formulating a list in my head of the things that I might want to talk about in those kinds of things. Yes. Yes. Can I go? How far back can I go? By the way, being a female <laughs> in my twenties in the nineteen nineties in a male-dominated industry, just right? saying. Right? It's like, where do you yeah. start? <laughs> I just want to make sure it gets in. We will link the episode and the podcast in the show notes. Uh, LZ Flinard, the mayor of Enterprise Now in Podcast Town. It's an honor to have you on the show, my friend. Thanks for coming on. It's awesome to be here. Thank you for having me, Pat and Lisa. Up next in the Pat Miller Show is Beth Hautrau. Uh, Beth is one of our community members in the Idea Collective from California. So, Beth, it's great to see you. Make sure everybody knows who you are, what you do, and then we'll start talking about how we can help you today. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to meet the community. Uh, my name is Beth Hautrau, and I run Climb the Small Business Book Club. We're a community of small business owners who are learning and then working together to grow strategy um, and grow our mindset. That's Let's I love your business. I think it's great because one of the things we hear from entrepreneurs all the time is I wish I read more. H how do you make it easier for people to read more? Yeah, absolutely. So one, I curate the books, right? You don't have to go out and find it. I spend a lot of time reading a book a week so that I can find books that are good for small business owners because that's not always the case, right? With a lot of business books, a lot of times they're either geared at you want to be the next Elon Musk or you want to, or you're in a corporate setting. So I'm really looking for books geared towards small business owners. And the other side of it is just really getting people, talking to people about 10 pages a day, 10 pages a day. That's a business book. They're very rarely longer than 300 pages. So 10 pages a day will do it. It's a problem that needs to be solved and it's something we all want to do more. But we're glad you're here today. What are you building and how can we help make it bigger and better? Tell us what's going on. Yeah, so we're, we're building this community of people who read a book every month and then come join a meeting where no matter kind of how many people are in the room, you're paired off with three or four other entrepreneurs that uh, you can talk to about how to use the book to create strategy and, and grow yourself and your business. It's meant to build relationships, but also building learning and building strategy. And what I would love help with is this idea of how do I build my email list? I write a lot. I have a lot of content um, and we're working on sales funnel this summer. I have a marketing intern, which I'm so excited about, <laughs> uh, but I really, really need to work um, on building that email list getting the numbers out there so that the sales funnel works, right? It's not very productive if you're not sending it to very many people. And Lisa, I'm sure can come up with some great ideas on how to build it, but you need to get a larger audience so you can drive people through your sales funnel. That's the reason why you yeah. need it? Yeah, absolutely. All right, yeah. Lisa. So this is our second question this week about email lists. So what comes to mind? What do you need to know? First of all, email lists are obviously very important. Um, 
but at the same time, they're, they're not the only thing to do. So as far as an email building campaign, there's a few things you can do. If people are on your website, you can have a pop-up box asking them to join your email, pretty standard stuff. But you can actually do it through Facebook and LinkedIn as well, or Insta or wherever you're at. And just tell them, I'm building an email list because I help small business entrepreneurs um, read a book a month and I guide them through it. And you give them like the benefits of why to join it. And then in there, you put a link into that into that form that they just click on the link and they can fill out that form and stuff like that. Some really lazy people won't read the whole thing. They'll put it in like the, the you know, they'll put their email in the comment section. So every marketing intern, keep an eye on that. But at the same time, literally all you need to do is ask them. Ask them and then at the same time, tell them why you're building the list and how it would benefit them and say, I understand that your, you know, your inbox gets a little clogged. Wouldn't it be nice to have something that meant that that would help you get through your day? Wouldn't it be nice to have an email that would actually get you to the next level? Wouldn't it be nice to have an email that was talked about how to grow your business? Whatever that, wouldn't it be nice to have an email that and then fill in the blank of how you benefit Mm-hmm. That is the way to get the people to sign up for your email campaign. Don't just say, hey, join my email list. They want to know why and what they're going to get out of it and the fact that they're not going to be spammed. I promise you I'm not selling this to anybody. I promise you you're only going to get the stuff that I think is high quality. Like all those types of things, people are much more likely to to, to join up that email campaign. I did a lot of language around book clubs because people think of online book clubs as they get a book. That's what they are now. They get a book in the mail and then they get to listen to something. And the idea that it's actually a book club that you actually participate in has been an interesting thing for me to try and communicate to people because their understanding of a book club now is we send you a book. And it's, so it's really been uh, an interesting thing to communicate. Um, I had a competition and 10 people signed up and they're all like, when do I get my book? And I was like, oh, well, did you read anything about this community? They don't read. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What I love about your concept is that, um, and we do this with the mastermind group is that it's like, we talk about it. Like I read this book and I recommend it because of this, or I don't recommend it because of this. So you could even like have the, like, if you write, if you read a book a week, you could have like the top 10, business books for marketing, the top 10 business books for, you know, accounting or invoicing or whatever the case may be, right? Doesn't matter. But that adds value because people don't want to, they could, if they, you know, walk into a bookstore, there's, you know, they're like deer in the headlights going, oh my God, I have too many things to choose from. So my question to you is, do you review the books? Do you have like a running list to like, so, cause if you read a book a week, how you remember that is like, first of all, I am just impressed as all heck. <laughs> and so like, but like I, if I read a book, it's like, I don't remember which book I read that in, but I remember reading this. Like, do you have a running list of that kind of thing? Could you develop like, mm-hmm. you know, could you do like Beth's top 10 or the, you know, these are the ones, well, if, if you're starting, a, like all of those kinds of things, that adds tons of value to business people who don't have time to like research it to begin with. So I'm only 22 books in uh, because I just started this year. So I don't have top 10 marketing books or anything like that, but I certainly could put together. Maybe it's like a mini MBA or, you know, think, I mean, that's how the book club curriculum was designed is we have one on sales and we have one on marketing and we have one on um, like profit first, right? So budgeting and and all of those, I've tried to find good ones for OKRs or like, you know, uh, data, I'm blinking on the word, but, you know, understanding your metrics, there we go. They're all really corporate driven um, or startup driven, right? Like that you're, it's things like lean startup and that kind of thing aren't necessarily right for your average small business owner. 
but I'm trying to build a curriculum around all of these different ways that you think about your business, right? It's not just a product. There's all these things. So I certainly could put together that kind of um, email, uh, the kind of like your, I don't know if we call it mini MBA or what that language looks like. Five books you should read when you get your business started, that kind of thing. Here's what's fun about this call. So on this call, Lisa dominated because I suggested something that Beth was already doing. I said to Beth, hey, wouldn't it be great if you did book recommendations inside your newsletter? She's like, yeah, I already do that. <laughs> so uh, big whiff-ah, right? Like just totally whiffed on an idea for Beth. So full disclosure that I tried and completely failed. Thank goodness Lisa was here this week to do great stuff for Beth Howtrow. Okay, back to the call. Because your audience is going to be several, right? It's going to be like, I have a concept, but I haven't started yet. Or I just got started. Or I've been in business for a couple of years and I'm kind of plateaued, right? So like you could build, and I know Pat and I always talk about like narrowing audience quite a bit, but at the same time, you could build an audience based on where they are phase-wise in their business as well. Even if it's end of end of career, like people... People worked for 40 years on a business and then they're like, now I want to sell and I have no idea what to do. Right. So like, if you think of it that way, you could narrow that audience as because one of the things I love to talk about in marketing is the influencer aspect of things. So even though you send an email out, it may not apply to me. I mean, poor Pat, he gets this all the time. I see an email, I'm like, oh, but Pat would think this is really interesting. So like I send it to him. So that's the influencer aspect of it because- because what happens is that just because it doesn't apply to your your the people who are receiving your email doesn't mean that they can't forward that baby on to somebody who would. And you can build your audience that way as well. So at the end of every email, if you haven't, you know, if you're if someone forwarded, if your friend forwarded this to you, here's a link to sign up for my email list for going forward. So very casual language, very those kinds of things. Yeah, that that is not in my email. So that's very, yeah, it, you know, if this has been forwarded. Very cool. And there's reviews and there's recommendations. So bringing together everything you were saying, if your email newsletter includes this week's business MBA with a recommendation on this topic, this topic, this topic, this topic, and you recommend a different book each uh, email broadcast, because people oftentimes aren't reading because they think they should be, they aren't reading because they don't know what to read. And if someone you respect says, oh my goodness, you have to read this book, then you make time. Because as you know, it's not a matter of time, it's a matter of making time. And there's a yeah. big difference between those two things. Uh, so if someone wants to get involved in this book club, how do they learn more about it? Yeah, it's just climbbook.club, it, um, really easy uh, domain. You can also come, I mean, climbbook club is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we're, that's all, we're everywhere at Climb Book Club. So if you just go look for it, I mean, you can always contact me. I don't know if it's appropriate. Absolutely. It's appropriate. Come on, promote yourself. Let's go. It's Beth at climbbook.club. Really easy email address also. So yeah, anywhere you go look for Climb Book Club, you'll find us. Although the full that. name is Climb the Small Business Book Club. But yeah. Well, we we'll put all the links inside the show notes so people can find you easily. And we're fortunate because you're an Idea Collective member so people get to collaborate with you and get book recommendations all the time, which is super great. <laughs> uh, Beth, thanks for getting up early and joining us. It's great to see you again. Thanks for coming Good on the show. Bye. All right, that wraps up another episode. Thanks for joining us here on the Pat Miller Show, sponsored by Bank59, Quick Trip, and the Idea Collective Small Business Incubator. So are you ready to come on the show? Visit patmillershow.com to share your big idea so we can collaborate to help you grow.
I'm your host, Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, here to help you build your small business dream. Remember, it's your dream. Don't grow it alone. This is another one of the new features on the show. I figured it was great to hear the folks that were on the episode, but I wanted to make sure that you got the chance to learn more about them if you were interested in maybe contacting them or doing business with our guests. So this is just an add-on. So if you come on the show, we'll work on something with your business, and then we'll talk to you a little bit and feature you at the end of the episode. So let's now double back and talk with the folks that appeared on the show today so you can learn a little bit more about them. On this week's episode, I had the chance to talk with Pat Haniotis. Pat, it's great to see you again. If someone doesn't know who you are or what you do, can you just give us a quick rundown of what you do? Yes. I work primarily with females, although I have some male clients that are you know, they're smart, they're sassy, they're, they're wanting to keep going and, and, and do it all. And I really work with them in a transformational sense, meaning I help them, support them in becoming on the inside what they need to be for themselves in order to have their lives and their business work. What stands in the way of most people? Is there a common theme that you find? Yes. Yes. It's not necessarily a theme, but I'll, I'll tell you the bottom line secret is every single person has a subconscious belief about themselves and anytime they run into being stuck or, or just not being able to move forward it's because they're smack dab face to face with that underlying subconscious belief many people don't even know they have it and there's a way to discover what that is are those and i know that i'm probably mangling psychology here but are are those the walls that we put up around our opportunity that we just think this is the box that we get to operate in and yeah. we just don't even know that they're there? No, that's true. We don't know that they're there. I can, um, my original one, and you know, as you work through one, you'll find others. So when I first started getting in touch with that is I had a really firm belief that I was stupid. I mean, I had been taught that from the time I was three years old. All right. And so anytime and, you know, anytime I would come up against something, I, I couldn't do it because, of course, stupid people can't do that. Or I didn't show up fully in front of others because they were smarter than I was. So that's, that's just one example. Other people have this belief that they're not aware of, that they're not, they don't deserve it or they're not worthwhile. But anytime we're going up against that subconscious belief, it's going to stop us and we don't know why. That's why we get stuck. Do you think people don't act on this because they don't know that they have the subconscious belief or if they become aware of it, they're scared of what's on the other side? I'm going to say absolutely both of those things. Mm -hmm. You can't fix what you're not aware of. All right. And some of this stuff, I mean, I was like almost 60 when I discovered that I really thought I was stupid. Who wants to face that? All right. Or if I'm working with someone that really believes, you know, they're a piece of dookie. Who wants to really look at that? You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's funny. The word dookie will never not be funny. All right. <laughs> Give us just an example real quick. Someone that you worked with that found out about their box and broke through and had success. And you don't need to use any identifying information. But can you tell yeah. us about someone that found success? 
Yes. I was working with a young woman who did all kinds of teaching and all of her clients had all revolved around money and she wanted to make, help them have more money so they get to pay their, that kind of thing. Only it was a money coach that didn't have money. Okay. And so when we worked on that and went in deeper and got it really the underlying stuff, it was, she didn't deserve to have money. It was a worthwhile issue. She didn't deserve to have anything, right? But it was about not being good enough, not worthwhile, not deserving it. Once we could found out that that's really what it was, there's things you can do then to overcome that or to change that perception. That sounds brilliant. Uh, how are we getting in touch with you? We'll put the link in the show notes, of course, but it's just padhoniotis.com. Is that right? padhoniotis.com, and then the email is pat at padhoniotis.com. <laughs> Creatively enough. Uh, it's great to see you again. Thank you for what you do for people and for coming on the show, and uh, hope to see you again soon. Thank you so much, Pat. Have a great rest of your day. We had the chance to talk with Elsie during the show, and he's one of my favorite people who just has the coolest business. So, Elsie, how did you become the mayor of Podcast Town? Like, when did this journey start, and, and what is the business? Because we didn't really talk a lot about that in the episode. Well, um, it's it's a funny story. I always share with people, I'm probably the most strategic random person you ever meet. Like, it seems like everything is all put together in there. Like, I thought about it ahead of time, but really it's just me doing life and being open to opportunity, um, trying to be humble enough to know that um, the, the more I know, the more I need to know and being a student. And so I'm sitting in a meeting with a, with a gentleman, you might know him, uh, and we're talking about strategy. We're talking about where I, you know, want to take podcast town and some crazy ideas I have and all that good stuff. And he, he kind of pauses and he does this. And, and if you're creative, you'll recognize this where he, he kind of looks off into, into space a second and he pauses <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, what is, what is about to come out of his mouth? And he's like, Elsie, you, you know what? The way you show up, the way you do what you do, the way you preside, you're the mayor. I'm going to call you the mayor of Podcast Town. And I said, okay, I'll go with that. All right. I'm, I mean, I'm here to learn, to try new things. And so I started to tease it out on social media. And it really started to pick up steam because apparently other people think the same thing. Is that that's the way I show up? And so I get a, a call from my mom. And she calls me up. She's like, uh, Elsie, uh, congratulations that, you, you know, you're, you're running for mayor. You have my support. If I live in Wisconsin, I will vote for you. And I said, no, no, no. I said, mom, no, I'm not actually running for real, mayor. This is a marketing campaign for, for the, the rebrand business. Um, and so at that point, I knew, okay, this is a thing. Let's, let's go with it and, and go down that path. That's funny. That's funny. All right, Podcast Town, who is it looking to connect with? Who's a good client for you? Great clients for us, um, small business owners who want to leverage relationship building and content to grow their business. That's easy. And you help them start a show, edit a show. If they've got a show, you make it easy. Like you do everything, right? Yeah, we, we take the heart out, basically. If it's, because podcasting is easy and, and simple or it's easy, but it's not simple. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot of work if you do it right. It's a lot of planning. It's a lot of maintenance, there's marketing, there's basically all the elements that you have in your business 
apply to your podcast and we take the heart out. We make it easy. We make it so that you show up, you perform, and we help you get results. We partner with you um, and make it fun in the process. Love it. Link is in the show notes. One of my favorite, the mayor, Elsie. Great to see you, friend. Thanks for coming on. Awesome to have be on. All right, let's catch back up with Beth because we talked earlier in the show about how to build an email newsletter, but this Climb Book Club concept is so cool. I just want to make sure we get down to the bottom of it. How did it start? How did you create this concept? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a small business coach uh, and I work mostly in teaching business planning classes and getting people started uh, accelerating their business. Um, But I also work with people during COVID, right, as they were trying to pivot and fix their business. And I would talk to people about how they were learning and adjusting. And they would say to me, oh, well, I, I read this book or, you know, and then I, oh, cool. How did you apply it? I, did, I didn't apply it. There's no time for that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, well then there's no point in reading a book if you're not applying it. And so I saw this opportunity that people, um, and I talked to some students and some clients, you know, do you want to read? Is this something you wish you were doing? And they said, yes, but I don't, I want it to be useful. And so in the book club, you show up and I give you three topics that are like, how think about this topic from the book. Okay, now brainstorm how you can apply it to your business. And then we go out into groups and everyone talks about their ideas, asks questions and gets feedback so that when you walk away, at least three of the key topics from the book, you've created strategies for your business. You've thought about how to apply it to what you're doing. Um, And so it's worth your time, right? It's constructive. You're also building relationships, which is the core of the of the community. But the idea came to me because I was like, people are learning without applying and then it just goes away. So how do we make that work? And I would imagine the answer is yes, but is it the learning or is it the application? Which one do you think is more important? Oh, the application. Absolutely. I mean, how many books have you read in your life that you don't remember anything? <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> yeah. Right. You read it. I was listening. Someone was talking about a great hack that you listen to podcast or um, eBooks at three times speed. So you can listen to six books a week or whatever. I was like, what kind of hack is that? Unless you want to say, I read this many books this year. That is the only value of that hack because there's no way your brain has time to process and register and think about how that information can apply to your business or your life. So it's, it's the application. I mean, isn't that why we're here is to uh, figure out how to make our businesses better. Learning for learning's sake is awesome, but so many of us don't really have time, right, for a lot of that. And then usually it's more personal learning. So business learning, if you're going to do it, probably you want to figure out how to apply it. And the activity of reading has kind of been twisted into a scoring mechanism of how many I read this year it's impossible to apply them all. So I love the fact that you're doing that. Is this like super expensive? Is this crazy prohibitive to be a member? No. So because the people I work with here in the Bay Area are um, kind of low income women, people of color, for me, it's just been a big motivator to make sure it's super accessible. So it's only $15 a month or 150 for the year to come join us. Now, I acknowledge we're not sending books out because you can get a book much more cheaply than I can send it to you, mm-hmm. whether it's at the library, on your Kindle, buying it used. If I were sending books out, it would be like $40 a month for you to get a book. If you do it, you could easily get it for 10 And so I thought keeping this accessible, keeping it um, at a price point that people can manage, 
let them get their books uh, and I'll guide the discussion and the learning in the community. It's so. one of my favorite projects in the small business space right now. I love, love, love what you're doing. The link is in the show notes, but I encourage you to look it up. If you want to read more and if you want to apply more of what you've read, I can't recommend it highly enough. Beth, thanks for coming on the show. It's great to see you again. Great to see you. Yeah, I'll see you soon. Guests on the Pat Miller Show have agreed prior to appearing that they are receiving consultation and advice that they may or may not use at their own risk. No part of this show should replace accounting, tax, or legal advice. Guests on the Pat Miller Show have agreed prior to appearing that they are receiving consultation and advice that they may or may not use at their own risk. No part of this show should replace accounting, tax, or legal advice.